Molly Q. How are you, my friend? I am doing okay. How about you? <laughs> I'm all right. Thanks for chatting on a weekend. Um, there's a uh, a pretty dynamic, alarming situation happening in Russia. It's kind of unclear how alarmed we should be, but um, Twitter is ablaze, and uh, and I wanted to chat with you about it for a minute. But first, <laughs> who is the Wagner Group? Can you explain uh, what's going on here and first, like, tell us who these mercenaries are? So the Wagner Group sort of sprang out of earlier Ukraine and Syria iterations of Russia's need for this mercenary force. Um, And it's a really useful tool for Russia, despite the fact that Wagner has always clearly been aligned with Russian security interests and efforts in a whole range of countries, including uh, Libya and Syria, uh, many countries in Africa um, and other places. Um, it's been a useful proxy for them to be able to say this is, you know, a private firm and not the Russian state interest. Um, but it is a, uh, a mercenary company, uh, whatever you want to call it, security force. But it's a group of mercenaries controlled by a private individual who is close to Putin. Uh, who also ran things such as the troll farms attacking uh, online discourse in the United States and other places. Um, so an interesting actor, uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, who has played a range of roles um, to help Putin in this sort of last decade of uh, of work that he's done in advancing Russian interests abroad. So kind of like a private army like a private army. Uh, it has a lot of different functions. In Africa, for example, um, the Wagner footprints have been uh, super fascinating, where they have done things such as many coups in many countries, but they sort of specialize in these turnkey models where they'll go into a place, uh, help whatever the regime or ruling interest or militia that they are uh, partnering with um, control and exploit resource extraction more than anything else. Um, so that sort of self-funds their operations. We will provide security. We will extract, you know, we will help you extract the things. We will take a cut off of that to pay ourselves. We will keep you in power. That can also include then elements of information control, um, information, quote unquote, security. Uh, how do you control discourse and uh, other perceptions in the country, things like that. So it's these really interesting models um, that are pretty terrifying that, frankly, we've ignored an awful lot. And, like, there's a group of Wagner dudes sitting on a pile of gold bars in Sudan right now. And if Whoa. Wagner dissolves, I mean, they've been using the gold they've been stealing from Sudan to significantly fund pieces of what they're doing in Ukraine. And if, uh, I, you know, we don't, we've just sort of not had a plan about this for a long time. Mm. And if Wagner leadership were to disappear or dissolve tomorrow, that could literally be security crises in five to six African countries, depending on what their contingency planning is. And if everybody just decides to become their own mercenary force overnight, this is not me arguing, in fact, for keeping precaution in power, by the way. <laughs> just, just saying that we have let this cancer metastasize in places where no one else has wanted to have security presence and where the U.S. has significantly reduced its partnership with local actors um, to have visibility, uh, to to collect good intelligence and to train uh, and sort of support uh, locals. So I'm just saying uh, we're looking at Moscow and 
there is good reason to uh, remain calm, to not get out the popcorn, to watch very closely what is happening. I think there's a lot left to evaluate. I think it is too early to say what, I mean, there's a lot of online discussion that no matter what, Putin is weaker, no matter what, this is good for Ukraine. I don't think those things are true. And I just think we need to be very focused on making those things true that we need to be focused on this being opportunity for Ukraine, for us finishing and achieving the objectives that Ukraine needs for this war to be done and not to restart again. Um, And that no matter what, like that needs to be sort of a primary concern in all of our minds. Um, But I just think there's like, we're really focused on Moscow and what this could potentially mean. But there's obviously, you know, uh, Moscow thinks of itself as the center of a universe it's the waves outward that could potentially come from this because Progosian has been allowed to control uh, so many interesting revenue generating enterprises and other things. Mm. Um, this could potentially be a very big security crisis moment that I am not sure anybody's really looking at in the right way just at this moment. So let's back up for a second and explain yeah. what this is um, because uh Basically, we have a private army that has been a significant player in Russia's war on Ukraine, who's now uh, essentially Putin is treating them like a rebel force or like a rebellion. Because why? What exactly happened? Well, so that's the thing that we're all going to have to backward assemble in the future, right? But essentially, for for months, maybe partially for show, who the hell knows, you know, there has been like progression from the beginning of the newest phase of the invasion of Ukraine. So starting in February, 2022 um, has been very outspoken as the sort of ultra nationalist. We should kill Ukrainians faster. Why isn't the war more bloody and violent? We're going to smash people's heads in with sledgehammers if they're not fighting hard enough. Like he's really been the worst of the worst in terms of um, the actually the war needs to be worse in Ukraine rhetoric that is coming mm. from a very uh, not small lane of Russian ultranationalists inside the country who have been arguing that Putin isn't fighting the war hard enough. Um, so there has been this grumbling from him uh, for the whole duration of these these last 14 months about how the war is being conducted that if Wagner was doing it by themselves, they would do it better, that that the Russian MOD has been not supplying them adequately uh, because they know they're better fighters. And this sort of squabbling back and forth between this dude who has access to Putin, who is in charge of this strange private army, uh, and the official, like the head of the Russian army and the uh, minister of defense, like just ridiculous sort of all-out public brawling. And it's so so absurd, despite the fact that Putin loves his minions squabbling with each other because it gives him the power in the chair to be the only arbiter of these disputes. Uh, but the, the level of this squabbling has become completely absurd and sort of all-consuming in many respects. That like At times, you have to look at it and wonder if it isn't just all a show, because otherwise it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it's just bananas. So it seems that uh, Prigozhin, um, after the last two months sort of elevating his, the Russian MOD is keeping munitions from us. They're undersupplying us. You know, they're trying to, to weaken our units, um, has, uh, turned and started an incursion, uh, 
on Russian targets, or so we are seeing online thus far. Um, it is hard to verify different pieces, but it does seem as if something led by Prigozhin's decision is, in fact, a real thing. Uh, and initially claimed his target was to remove the traitors, Shoigu, the defense minister, and Grasimov, who is the head of the Russian army, basically, but the, they're, they're chairman of the Joint Chiefs equivalent. Uh, mm. And so um, that was sort of the initial stated goal, but he's posting messages like every 10 minutes uh, on his telegram, and it's uh, now they're moving toward Moscow, in theory. Um, and maybe Putin has left Moscow. Maybe he is still there. Nobody's really sure. As the the Wagner troops theoretically move forward, there has not been much response from other security forces in the country, whether that be Russian army units, National Guard units, FSB internal security units. Um, so the question is sort of what that what any of that means. Either those guys yeah. have orders to do nothing, or they have no orders. Uh, and in any, in any situation, that's interesting. And, um, I think that's kind of the question everybody has is it, is everybody just going to let this guy take this run and sort of see what the outcome is and then decide what side they were on from the beginning? Um, do they hope he can do something? Do they hope he can't? Are they hoping somebody else will do anything, which tends to be in many respects, the, uh, Russian change dynamic. Hopefully someone else will do it. And um, I don't know. I just, I really would, I would really just caution against anybody thinking this is time for the parade and the champagne. Um, Not just because whatever happens in Moscow is going to be a shit show uh, in terms of the the next day stuff. And again, not arguing to keep Putin in power, not arguing to it should be in power, obviously replacing one of those with the other. Nothing is good in that question. And I think that's what we need to keep focused on is none of this right now equals Russia leaves Ukraine tomorrow. um, And right now they're still shooting at Ukraine while whatever is happening in Russia is happening. So we need to stay focused on our stuff and yes, be mindful of what is happening in Russia. um, And, but really be aware that there could be intense efforts to manipulate our perceptions of what is happening. So one of the reasons uh, this could be a major security crisis, as I understand it, is, and tell me if this is wrong, well, we just don't know this yet, but some of the territory that they have, uh, that the Wagner Group has, um, may actually um, encompass strategic sites in Russia that have tactical nuclear weapons. Is that accurate? So where I'm going to just, just raise the flag on this one is the constant you can't do anything about it give up your home cover yourself in a blanket uh you know crap that russia throws at us is we have these nukes they're barely controlled we might (laughs) use them you want us to use them and they use this nuclear blackmail constantly in ukraine as a reason for us to do nothing more to help ukraine and i think that this is it, it is it is in fact true that Russia has a very different nuclear structure than we do, and perhaps there is stuff around, and perhaps Wagner knows where that is. Who knows? But I think, again, we need to be aware that a lot of the noise we're going to be hearing in the loose nukes category is going to be about non-interference. Like, you can't do anything. Uh, you should be afraid. Right. Maybe you need to help Putin. Maybe you need to help Putin stay in power or the loose nukes, right? And right. Um, so I just, I, it just... 
again with the don't amplify yeah. the terror, you know, just is it absolutely a factor that any destabilizing nuclear state is a problem? Oh yeah. I mean, like we've got yeah. all sorts of papers on India and Pakistan and whatever else, but like, this is not, this is not the thing to focus on right now, in got my it. opinion. In my so opinion. In, in that case, and with that big caveat, um, what is it that you see as, uh, as potentially creating a, a significant uh, security crisis? If it isn't the nukes. For Russia or for Ukraine? For everybody, I suppose. I think the potential crises that are ahead are what side are we on if it's the unknown versus the known in a Russian power struggle? Do we preserve the murderous terrible status quo that is currently slaughtering Ukrainians or do we take a risk on something else might be worse, might be better. Nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. And um, I think the, I, I think so much of this crisis will, or potential crises uh, will target the most fragile parts of our policy, our strategy, and our alliance stuff right now. And so there's a possibility uh, that this is a performance as well. I, you know, yesterday I felt more that that could be a possibility uh, because of what it was, because of what was happening, because of what the outcomes could be. And again, I still think a, a, a very likely outcome of whatever is happening, because who the hell knows, could be yeah, right. a Putin yeah. consolidation of power which then becomes a moment when there is, again, pressure to stop the fighting, quote-unquote, negotiate some settlement. Russia keeps territory in Ukraine. Whatever is put in place then becomes, you know, another Russian opportunistic invasion in five years or whatever. Um, I still think this is a very likely outcome of wherever we are right now, based on what we've seen. But that is not to say, I do think Prigozhin has probably signed his own death warrant which with whatever is happening here. Um, because he is not going to be the next president of Russia. But um, uh, what happens with Shoigu, Gerasimov, Putin, others at this point uh, is not is not clear. Um, so I think we need to be ready for a lot of uncertainty uh, and staying focused on the potential opportunities outside of Russia as well, and not just risk, but opportunity yeah. for the United States in this period. Yeah. Um, and we need to be, we need to really have, be, be having internally and with our allies who understand these things with great clarity, real conversations about what the options are um, on Moscow. Yeah. It's kind of funny if you look at Google Maps uh, in the territory between uh, <laughs> where, where Wagner is and where Moscow is, there's essentially two major highways. Google Maps is like, Road road's closed. <laughs> yeah. Like that's going to stop them. We've, yeah. <laughs> Well, I know, right? And like, but that's the, it does have this element of the show that makes me very nervous. I do think there is a legitimate thing, whatever the legitimate thing is happening, but I don't know that we have clarity on what that is yet. And I just, I have, I I would really caution people against believing this is the quote unquote civil war. We do not have enough to call anything, anything that yet. Yeah. And, and you know, it would not be the first time a leader such as Putin who expected some sort of incursion-like insurrectiony thing to happen to let it happen in order to purge opponents or critics or 
you know, tamp down a security situation or whatever it is. I'm not saying that's what hap- what's happening. I just think we don't have clarity on what these things really are. I, you know, I think it is very likely that this is a period of uncertainty and um, fraughtness for Putin and not one of mastermind control, obviously. Like, I don't (laughs) think this is something he's engineering, but um, uh, in its current form, uh, but it's, I don't think we can say who comes out of this up and down just yet, uh, except for Progosian. I do think it's probably not his, not going to be his best day. Um, but, uh, we don't have enough, we don't have enough yet. Yeah. We don't have enough yet to to know what, what the next is. All right. So deep breaths and, uh, we wait and see, but thanks for chatting. Um, miss (laughs) you. All right. 